0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode 99, yes, 9-9, nine, nine. 1 before 100, of the Get Around Podcast. My name is Jake Adnib. I'm your host today, in the studio, with James Cook and 7 Four's Harrison Beebe on this week of Halloween, one day after Selection Sunday. Stupid
1: thought, do our ages all add up to 99? Probably not. Maybe close. <laughs> I can round up, I'm I, 33 I next think month. So.
2: It'd be pretty close.
1: So you and me together are, well, I'm 32 right now.
0: So that's 57 uh, plus 40, you're not 42, are you? You're 47. Yeah, we're, we're a little bit over.
1: Ah! Yeah. Well, we'll have to do this again in episode 106. By that time, I might be 26. <laughs> well, Seriously. I'll be 33. Well, there we go.
0: But nonetheless, what a great weekend, guys. I do want to bring this up. We talked about it on the podcast last week. The Lucky Duckies are the Grand Traveler Social Sports champs.
1: Packed house.
0: Yes, but total attendance, according to George Ryan, of 48 people. 42,
1: I believe. 42. But there were some tricklers. There could have been some filtering in and out that would have equated to eight.
0: There were some tricklers.
2: It's just an estimate.
0: But we beat the Orange Birds 5-3. Not really any thanks to me. I didn't do very well at the plate, but nonetheless, really cool to play out at Pittsburgh's Park. Harrison was there. James didn't show up as we thought, but we got that to crack work, man. we got to crack some beers on Pitts- Pittsburgh's Field after a good win. It was so much Nothing fun. Nothing better than that. But we... Uh, You know, ignored Selection Sunday for a little while, played some baseball instead,
1: rounded out October the way it was supposed to be. could have taken in the Selection Sunday show. well after your game was over.
0: It was later, but, you know, you celebrate championships a certain way, and it just had to be done. But um, other than that, we do have a lot to talk about today. You guys don't care
1: about that at all, do you? I don't think anybody does, (laughs) but we're super proud of you. Thank you. A plus job, Jake. I know. I can tell when you got out of the line yesterday after your handshake, and you just put your arms up, Rocky style, in the middle of the air. And I was just like, Jake feels like he just won a state championship. Yeah, that's
0: the the closest thing I can get to winning. Yapping
1: about that all day. Just
0: about anything anymore. I mean, I was in my catcher's equipment for the last what? Fourteen weeks, even though it was only supposed to be ten. I think it took us fourteen weeks. I felt like a kid again. I felt fantastic.
1: It kind of this weekend kind of made it feel like uh, summer sports are officially over. You're done with baseball. I put my golf clubs away for the year. I mean, it's just sad. It's Ooh. like a sad state of affairs.
0: I figured that Sunday was probably the last good day for golf. It was a beautiful weekend for weather, though.
2: Mm-hmm. Beautiful. We do the indoor place though at the golf center. X X X Golf. That's where that's where yeah. we all first hung out for like the first time.
0: Maybe not you, but me and James. Yeah. That's where
1: we hung out for like the first time.
2: Yeah, I think we went with like Brett and Clay. What yeah. Was it was literally like Which the week that I got here. should we do when we go? Oh, we played Pebble Beach mm-hmm. yeah. at that time. We did. I want
1: to do that one in Arizona. C- no. With all the cactuses? That's in Hawaii. Never mind. <laughs> or with all the cactuses Cop-oilum. and the red sea. The red yeah, zone. yeah.
2: We, what, I think was another time that we went, we did play one. We Something played like one there. that was like in Arizona and had cactuses. Yeah,
0: we went there. We, we've done it at least three times, I think. Yeah.
1: We should just do a podcast from X-Golf. An X-Cast. Live, swing coaches and all.
0: I could use it. See yeah. if the attendance
1: is better than your uh, social sports championship game. Bring in Schultzy. <laughs>
0: Mike Schultz. I'm just going to bring You're in the sure. d system. And call Scott Hebert. Yeah, I was to say, we can bring in some coaches, some
2: players. We can do a
0: golf podcast. Yeah, what if we did like a Get Around Open at uh, X-Golf? <sighs> what if we could get somebody to sponsor that? A get Around Open, but it's just virtual golf because we are a virtual podcast. You know, where we're digitally driven. And it could be done over the wintertime.
1: What do you guys think? How about this? If any of our listeners? This is the best idea we've ever had. Yeah. I don't even know why we're going to talk for the next hour.
2: Yeah, because listening to people play golf is much more exciting than watching people play golf. Well,
1: no, Especially hearing that ball hit the screen. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: we'll
0: Facebook live stream it for all of our view, audible viewers to uh, enjoy.
2: Oh, yeah. that will get way more hits than like the TCAPS meetings.
0: <laughs> as long as we make some fools of ourselves. But we have a lot to talk about today. We t- I mentioned it off the top of the show, we had Selection Sunday yesterday. Um, we have 14 teams from our local coverage area in the playoffs. Got their draws, their pairs for the playoffs yesterday. We're going to go through each and every one of those um, to get started with today. We have a couple other um, sports that we do have to talk about after we get done with our interview. A great interview today with Sutton's Bay seniors, Lucas Sell and Bryce Opie. Uh, two of those guys who have led the Norse to a nine and O regular season record and uh, top seed in their district. They are going to be hosting a couple home games here in the playoffs. But nonetheless, we so do
1: a, they not go by the Norsemen anymore, or do you just call them the Norse?
0: I call I call them the Norse the Norseman. Okay. When, you, when you're a writer, you have to come up with several different ways to expand. Yes, it, 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 you can't just call them the men. So you can call them the Norse. Men. But uh, Well, they
1: are men. They're not at know They're yeah. tough guys. Yeah, and
0: they, they were a great interview, so we'll, we'll get to that in just a little while, so make sure you stick around for that. After that, like I said, we're going to get into a little bit of soccer, a little bit of cross-country, um, some happenings over the weekend. We'll dive into our Hall of Fame and add another person into the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. And then we're going to go into our Halloween trifecta and tell you about our favorite slash best Halloween costumes. So we want Ever. to hear about, yeah, we want to hear about yours, especially the most creative.
2: Maybe. Yeah. Maybe you should be like your most creative, like last minute one that you put together.
0: That's what happened on something. Saturday. So we'll yeah. talk about it. It wasn't a last minute for you to put it together. Yeah. I was supposed to buy a onesie. I wasn't supposed to put oh, it together. Oh, but you knew
1: what you were going to be.
0: Well, yeah, but I put it together within an hour and a half and showed up at your house. The paint was, or, the paint was still wet when I got to your house.
1: Oh man. The paint hadn't dried. The paint hadn't
0: dried. <laughs> We'll talk a little bit about it, but make sure you get your pictures and everything ready for Twitter and Facebook because we are asking you what your Halloween costume is this year. We want pictures of you, your kids, your, your yeah, athletes. Jake and I are on the internet. Yeah, your athletes. We want to we see what you guys are dressing up like for Halloween this year, whether it be this past weekend, this Thursday, or this coming weekend. Um, that's going to be one way to enter in for our free Jimmy John sandwiches this week. Uh, make sure you just comment, like, retweet, put a picture under there. Um, and tell us what you're dressing up as or maybe a picture of what you have dressed up as if you're not doing something so, so cool this year. Like, yeah,
1: but Maybe from 1999. But yeah,
0: this, this podcast brought to you by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freak yeah. We're going to dive into the pulse and put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world where we're going to talk about what everybody's talking about. These football playoff pairings. Obviously. Cue the Jim Mora. Yeah, right. Obviously, we had, we're, one day, we're one day removed, so we've had a little bit of time to digest these pairings. But as I mentioned on the top of the show, we have 14 different local teams in the playoffs. And playoffs? The, we're talking playoffs!
1: James with the first impression of the show.
0: But we, uh, what James made a mention of this. It's very odd. 14 teams, none of them are playing another local team in the first that round. That means
1: we have a chance to go 14 for
2: 14 week one. Yeah, I can't remember that happening when I've been here, that nobody plays each other. And that that's
0: that since the Stone Ages, in case you guys didn't know. So, um, Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, back
1: when the Flintstones were playing football. That's fair.
0: But uh, 14 teams. We're going to go all the way from Division One all the way down to Division Eight and dive into those eight-player matchups. We're, we're going to start off with a Division One matchup, Traverse City West, moving into the playoffs at 7-2. and two. They at least... Got away from a first round Rockford matchup this year. They're gonna be playing Hudsonville in Division One. Rockford will be still looming there in that re- in that district final um, if they get a chance. No, they're in
1: the regional. Oh,
0: re- in the regional final. Yeah. Okay, so they they still they have a little bit of time to get away from that uh, bugaboo. But what do you guys think about Traverse City West looking at a district title now that they don't have to go through that Rockford slate?
2: They're they're still gonna have to go through the uh, OK conference, kind of. <laughs> uh, you know they got which they, color? They got Hudsonville. I, yeah, I can never is they the Red? Are they the Red? Granville? I, I don't know. The oak. The different divisions of the OK Conference are almost as indistinguishable as the different divisions of the Northern Michigan Football League for me. That I can yeah. never keep. Still, I'd I rather have
1: keep... colors than old, terrible Big Ten division nicknames. Very <laughs> true.
2: Very true. But, I mean, they're going to get Hudsonville to start off with. Um, I mean, that won't be an easy game, but I think it's a winnable one. And, uh, and then if they get past that, then they're probably going to have Granville, who's... You know, not going to be pretty, an easy out either. Pretty good. Pretty good. And then if they manage to get by that, then you're looking at probably Rockford. But like any at, other team, at Rockford. they're looking
1: at a day at t- a time. They want to take down the Ice Cream Boys of Hudsonville, uh, and then they're going to go from there because they'll host this game at Thurlby. Then likely we'll be on the road at Granville if they get to round two.
2: Fun fact about Hudsonville, the ice cream is not made in Hudsonville. I know.
1: Can you believe that be in ass?
2: It's made in Burnips, which is a tiny, tiny little town. Smaller than like Buckley. Burn-ups so you're saying there's Burps.
1: not going to be an ice cream in the press box Saturday night?
2: We won't be there either, no, sadly. At, it's I will. It's at West, so it'll be Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah,
0: but we, we won't be there, sadly enough, because of the 7 o'clock game on Saturday. Oh. Uh, I hate Saturday night Yeah, games. which is just miserable. But that does have to do with the next game that we'll talk about. Uh, Traverse City Central in Division 2 is going to be playing Friday night against Midland Dow. Uh, They get that Friday night third OB game because all three of the Traverse City teams are going to be hosting a a home playoff game for the second second year year in a row.
1: row. So Central had the Saturday game last year. Now they get the Friday game. Yeah, they started
2: a new way to to decide that.
0: Well, kind of unspoken. Not quite sure. Greg Vaughn told me that it's you know not official, but But whoever wins it. Yeah, it it makes sense that whoever Whoever wins wins the Patriot game. game. Uh, out of West or Central gets that Friday night home playoff game if it does come down to something. So it adds a little extra to it. Um, So as you said, West won it last year. They had the Friday game last year. Central won it this year. They have the Friday game this year. But let's talk about that Traverse City Central squad, that only loss coming in the first game of the season to DeWitt. They've looked better and better and better, put up a boatload of points on Escanaba, ran over Cadillac again this past weekend. They're running hot into the playoffs I think that and this is...
1: they have a chance now to host two playoff games. They would host next week if they win, based on the playoff points. So, which would likely be against you. Basically, go do the Midland circuit. You're playing Midland Dow this week, and if you get a win, you're going to play a Midland team that beat TC West in week one of this season. So that right there should be a good little matchup. Um, and I think the Trojans are sitting pretty. They got a nice opportunity to pick up another district title, like they did two years ago when they beat the Titans in the district final at home. Uh, we'll see how it all shapes up, but why wouldn't you want to put money on a team that's won eight games in a row? And It's not like they that was an ugly loss to DeWitt either. Like, no, that they that. looked very impressive in that week one with Peyton breaking in his new game at quarterback, but yeah, that offense has looked like a lot of fun, and I think Coach Sugars and the boys are, are lined up for another run like they did a few years back.
2: Yeah, Central potentially has three home games as long as they can Right, Right, We looked
1: it up. Playoff points are tough to keep track of.
2: But,
0: yeah, three home games, that means a lot for a, for a playoff team, especially getting to play in a place like Thoroughby. So Central's looking
1: but good. Kind of like West, though, I guarantee Central's the same way. They're not looking ahead to oh, any God. potential. There's a Midland-Dow team on their minds, and they're not even thinking about hosting a game next week, much less the week after. The I week.
0: think we can use a disclaimer here at this point that when we talk into the future, none of these teams are thinking about the third round. Maybe. In-
1: inside, I bet a couple teams maybe, are. But I guarantee But West at least on Central the surface, are.
0: no one will ever tell you that. But we're going to talk about them. So we're getting hypothetical around That's our job. Yeah, we're getting hypothetical around here uh, But yeah, I, I think TC Central has a good shot At a district final, uh, district championship Even, and moving into a regional Regional final round We talked about them at the end of the year I think we all voted them as the top team in the BNC this year um, To start the season And they showed it um, as they went along So uh, let's move on down. We skipped. Nobody in Division 3 Division 4, Cadillac squeezes in at 5 and 4 Played a good schedule against the Big First North First
1: playoff for Cadillac in 5 years Oh, no, three years. It was 2016. 2016. Yeah, 2016. Yeah, Three years. Yeah, yeah,
0: first first playoff for Cadillac since 2016. Uh, it squeezed in. There wasn't the automatic qualifier, but once again, they had some losses against some pretty good teams. West had a lot of wins. Central had a lot of wins. Um, other things like that. But they're going to play a good Escanaba school. Um, we saw what Central was able to do to Escanaba two weeks ago, uh, really put a trouncing on them. I mean, we saw what, Cadillac, what Central did to Cadillac last week. I mean, Cadillac was more evenly matched with the Trojans than Escanaba was. Do you think that that kind of shows you how this first-round game is going to play
1: out. Well, this would be the fourth Big North Conference team for Escanaba this year,
2: correct? Yeah, so Cadillac's going to have a lot of film.
1: Central, Alpena, and, and Petoskey, and now Cadillac. So, yeah, they should be very familiar with the Eskimos. Having said that, I was very surprised that Central was able to handle Escanaba that, that well with how impressive they've looked this season. Cadillac's got a shot, but let's be honest here, it seems like when the Lower Peninsula teams make that trip up north, and most pick pay- places. It doesn't end very well. We're hoping for the best, but uh, that Saturday 1 o'clock game, we'll see what happens.
2: That's a long trip. That's almost 300 miles. Yeah. like One way. 290 something. It's not, yeah, Mancelona's
1: Iron Mountain ones. Well, they're, maybe all, they're, because both, they're, north. they're both in the, they're both the same, yeah. they're both around 290 something. Nobody has to go to Calumet yet.
0: You forget about that distance between Mancelona and Cadillac. Well, now I when, when I happen. went
1: to the UP in August, now I have an idea of where all these towns are in relation to the UP. And they're I far, think, is what you know, they are.
2: I stayed in Escanaba the Friday night I was there, and so yeah, I know right where that is. Yeah, but I think this Cadillac-Escanaba game, I think it's a winnable game for the Vikings. So do I. Um, like, it's, They're going to be prepared for this. Um, when I talked to Cody Mallory after the Central game, they had already been preparing for Escanaba. Like, that's who they knew they were going to be playing them. They were confident they were going to get in, even if they lost to Central. And that's who they were going to be playing. So they've already been breaking down Escanaba film. And yeah, Cadillac played Central closer than Escanaba did. Yeah, By so, a lot. Yeah. Even though it was 41-13,
0: that still is a lot better than the 62-7. to
2: yeah, and, and uh, Escanaba doesn't have a pair of 290 defensive tackles in the middle of the D-line to completely take away Cadillac's inside run game, mm-hmm. you know, like, like Central did. So that is going to open things up a little bit more for Cadillac. Yeah, Either d- way,
1: lines up as a nice pick em game for round one, which is always fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, let's go to Division 5, guys. This is the team that we've talked about several times on this podcast, had a couple people on. But first and 9-0 season for the Kingsley Stags in school history. They are going to be hosting playoff games for a minute. I'm pretty sure they actually had the highest playoff points in Division 5, but they're going to be playing Reed City at home this coming Friday. We've talked about them being probably our new favorites or being our favorites for our state title this year. With the draw that they have, do you still see this district rolling right into the Stags'
1: favorite? It'll be interesting because top-ranked muskegon Oak Ridge will be coming to Rhodes Field in Week 2 if the Stags are to advance after this week, and that's the team that St. Francis did just take to the limit, so I think that showed us a lot that that team in Oak Ridge is very beatable, but uh, that game itself is lining up to kind of be a state finals preview, maybe even a state finals game itself uh, in the second round, which is kind of shocking to think that that's how it lined up, especially for a team that's still top-ranked right now. <laughs> Uh, but that's where we and Kingsley's two, correct? Yeah, one and two. So we're going to get one, one, get one two versus two in, versus two. in like round app. two, which is very weird. But you know, they're both one and two for a reason. It means they're both capable of winning that game. So, luckily for Kingsley, they get to host it, if it happens.
2: Yeah, they they do have they have the second highest playoff points in the in the division. Um, the other teams in the other half of the bracket, so it doesn't matter because by the time they get that fire, it's not home field anymore. And that's uh, that's Marine City, who's also nine and zero. Oh and ranked in the top five, I believe in the state, but, um, Kingsley's got a nice, nice draw. I mean, it, you get by Oak Ridge yeah. and man, it's wide open after that, I think for them. All right,
0: let's go to division six fellows. This is where we start to get into, uh, some more of the teams that we, uh, we cover here, but Glen Lake only lost coming to Kingsley. They're eight and one. They were ranked number one at that point, but they're still sitting there in the division six rankings. They're going to be hosting Lake city this week. We talked about Glen Lake early in the season. We thought that they would be a state finalist, uh, you know, favorite. I still think that they are, even after that fall against Kingsley. Um, what do you boys think?
2: Uh, I mean, I think they'll beat Lake City. You know, they're going to face their offensive coordinator's former school because Tim Peterson coached at Lake City for 15 years. Uh, you know, I think they'll come into that game prepared, and then they'll have the winner of Claire and Harrison. That'll, that'll be on the road. So probably be, if if Claire wins that game, that'll be on the road. Well, it
0: sucks if they all have to beat up on Harrison. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, please don't yep. beat up. I was only 5-4. and four. <laughs> Yeah. And then, if they get past that, then you're looking at the trip to Calumet, which is always. But Glen Lake did that before in when they went to the, when they went to the state title. Mm-hmm. They went through Calumet,
1: and they lost a regular season game to Frankfurt, which was key, and to St. Francis. So it's not like they needed a perfect template to get that far. I think, and I brought this up back when that we were coming up on that Kings of Glen Lake game. Again, the loser was going to gain as much, if not more, from the loss than the winner would gain in that game. So I think Glen Lake's sitting pretty. They learned a lot. From from that loss to Kingsley, and now they got that extra chip on their shoulder going into the playoffs. Uh, Clear will be a tough test, but I think uh, they get that one. Calumet, it's just a drive, and they've done it before. Yeah, just I like be- Lake's chances, like you do.
0: Let's move on to Division Seven. We got three games from the area here. We'll start off with a team that, at the beginning of the year, we were hoping for big things, and they rattled off one of their best seasons in recent memory with Charlevoix. Got in at six and three. And they're gonna be playing Harbor Springs, the same team they played just a week ago and defeated.
1: Uh, by by two, maybe even three scores. It was 47-27. So th- yeah, twenty points, they, three scores in Ottawa State at Ottawa Stadium. So they kind of took that one away from the Rams, and w- one that both James and I were thinking was going to be kind of a just you know going through the motions because you knew they were going to play again. But uh, Charlotte definitely didn't play that way. They jumped on top of them. It kind of it wasn't the same score as Central West Patriot game, but it kind of reminded me of that, especially in the second half that the Raiders just took that one over. Uh, and now it, it shows in the effort there because they'll get to host this week. And, uh, you know, Rams are a tough team, but I find it hard to believe the, the Raiders are going to misstep on this opportunity. This will be the chance for either of these programs
2: to win their first playoff game in team history. One of them is going to get it on Friday. Yeah, that game was for a little bit more than we thought, uh, that Harbor Springs game, because uh, news to You had it predicted where it didn't really matter who won that game. They were still going to play each other, and it was going to be at Harbor Springs. But now that Charlevoix won that game, now they get the home game for the playoffs. A part
1: of me wonders if the MHSA just wants to change stuff around a little bit so that nobody takes Snooze's word as gospel, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean it was pretty Good close, or bad.
2: It was pretty close to playoff points between the two of them, but, uh, you know, Charlotte Boyle will go into that game without uh, I a mean, guy that's brought him in our Hall of Fame, Seth Migna, he uh, broke his arm in the Harbor Springs game, um, so he's going to be probably out for the rest of the playoffs. So. He posted photos on the on Facebook of his broken arm. of his arm and the x-rays. Those are always great. Yeah, I mean, it's broken. Both it, bones. <laughs> it's broken. Trust <laughs> but me. They, they pretty got
0: the win. In James' in James's doctorate opinion, it's broken. It's
2: pretty broken.
0: All right, next one in Division 7. It's another long trip that we just talked about. Mancelona going all the way out to Iron Mountain. Iron Mountain's 9 0. I'm pretty sure they did stay pretty local in those U.P. teams and played a couple of Wisconsin teams this year. But uh, Mancelona squeezed in. And one thing that James had in his story that I found uh, very interesting is. You know, Mancelona 5-4, this year is the most 5-4 and four teams that have ever gotten into yeah, the playoffs. they
1: had a lot in this
0: year. So it'll be, yeah. I mean, it's the last year before uh, they start... Records don't matter. Yeah, yeah, before they start doing everything else. But, man, that, that's a little bit different. Mancelona squeezed in. We've seen flashes of... Well, we pump. got a
1: sub-500 uh, eight-man team.
2: Well we'll, we'll, get get too, we'll, right? get well, we'll get to that. that. Sam, we'll get to that. I think that's elements. happened before, but... I know yeah,
1: there's it. been
0: teams with losing records. They had to do before, a coin
2: flip. Because they got so far into the tiebreakers with <coughs> playoff points and stuff like that for down one of the state, one of the yeah. five and four teams, so between Durand and Imlay Amla mm-hmm. City, for I think like the last division five playoff spot or something like that, they actually got down so far into the tiebreakers they had to do a coin flip to determine who got in the well, playoffs. Well, is that what
1: they still do if your playoff points are tied for the home site going forward? Because that's what Frankfurt did a couple of years ago for their regional game. They had to do a coin flip for who hosted it.
2: Yeah, I think it could be if you didn't, hit, you know, if there's no head to head or anything mm-hmm. like that. But, Mancelona, traveling <laughs> up to Iron Mountain. The that Iron five Man e- and Iron Mountain. What, straight uh, out of a movie. What is the, what is
1: the Iron Mountain mascot? Mountaineers. Mountaineers. Okay. But it's Iron Man and Iron Mountain.
0: So the battle of the iron. The iron, iron, iron. Sh- iron sharpens iron, iron. It's the Iron Ball. Yeah, iron sharpens iron. Iron, iron. Do we think, uh, I mean, Mancelona has shown flashes of, you know, they've put some teams away from, scored 40 points on a couple teams. They played even, I mean, <laughs> they played Joburg pretty close okay. until the second half. Do we think that Mansalona um, is going to be able to use that power run to get past a nine and zero Iron Mountain team? That's going to be a that's going to be a tough. That's, that's gonna yeah, be a tough I mentioned with the road, Cadillac
2: road, road win was going to be tough. I, I mean, Mancelona played Glen Lake as well as anybody other than Kingsley, so but even never that know. even but that man, score got a little out of hand. But man, that that trip to to Iron Mountain, a Saturday game. At, 1 o'clock. At, at 1 o'clock. MHSA listed it as noon because I think that's because of the time It's difference. in the central time <laughs> zone. <Yeah. laughs> it's actually, Mountain is actually in the central time zone. <laughs> crossing time zones it, for this, And games. this is a
1: big win for Mancelona to, to get here. They have been five years away from the postseason. And la- uh, what, two years ago, I think, they were over. Something like that. Two or three years yeah, ago, they, they had have an 0-9 the, season. For... Last year, they won four games and ended on a three-game win streak. And this year to then get to, they're, they're building the program back up to where they were at the beginning of this decade which you know win or lose in the playoffs like they're already doing things the right way to get Mancelona right. football back in its top place and, and so this is like already a success even before yeah. they take the field
2: in the month of November they've taken that other step you know forward yeah so, it, I, as I, a program that's kind of what you gotta do sometimes yeah
0: it was two years ago I think it was they went 0-9 I remember talking to Dan Darrow last year and he was like "We just we need to that can't happen again. And then this year he said the same thing. We're trying to make it back to the playoffs, and they've done hey, it. Man, so, they're in. Hey, it, you can never count a team out until they're out, right? Last one in Division Seven, St. Francis at 6-3 and against the host Houghton Lake, who also 6-3. and three, I mean, St. Francis dropping three regular season games for the first time in several years. I believe it was 2012 was the last time that they uh, dropped more than three regular season games. That was the last time they also missed the playoffs. But I think they're a pretty dangerous team here in the first round of the playoffs. Everybody knows the caliber that Traverse City Saint Francis brings, and I'm pretty sure that they they won't be an underdog even at six and three, no matter where they go throughout the, the playoffs.
1: They won't. I mean, they've beaten the teams they're supposed to beat. They lost to the teams that we kind of figured they might stumble to. Uh, so then the question becomes with these out of area teams, they're going to play in the playoffs, you know, which ones are they favored against, which ones are they, the underdogs? So that's, yeah, the real question mark when we get to it, how good is an Oscoda team that they could be lining up against in the second round? And then the third round would line them up against Iron Mountain, correct? If that was the matchup that played out. I believe that's um, that upper yes. district. Yeah, so
2: if, if that goes the way. you know, They would
1: definitely be underdogs to Iron Mountain, um, but the road is theirs to do with it what they want. They That Oak Ridge game showed a lot of people that, hey, these guys aren't just happy with continuing a playoff streak for St. Francis. They want to try and get back. I think the last two years were state semifinals so, and yeah. three of the last four, so they want nothing more than at least continue that streak.
2: And those three losses were to teams whose combined record is 26-1. and one. Yeah. And They're all ranked in the top five in their divisions in the state. And none of those in none of those games did they get blown out either. I mean, you know, the Glen Lake and, and Kingsley were more than one score, but it wasn't a blowout type it, game, especially compared and, to what they did to other teams. Yeah, and and St. Francis led Oak Ridge until like a little over two minutes to go in the game. So, you know, I mean, I think they're they're a dangerous team. Um, I think you know, I think they'll get by Houghton Lake. Houghton Lake's had some decent wins. I mean, they beat Lake City and. Some other, coach, decent, some other B some other conference champs but. in the Highland Conference, so. But I you know I see them getting by Houghton Lake, and then you got to you know, then they're going to be at Oscoda. Do we think they can't beat them? No, nope. so. The problem
1: is we don't know much about Oscoda. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, and then then you get your shot at Iron Mountain, Charlevoix, or Mancelona. Yeah.
0: All right, we got one more division of eleven player football to go through, the low division eight. But this is one of our 9-0 and teams. We had three and 9-0 teams this year. And Johannesburg-Lewiston, 9-0, and taking on Montebella, only 5-4. and They got to host this game, too. Joburg has made slight work of just about everybody they've played this year. I think they have a pretty good shot of moving into a regional round with, with fairly ease after looking at their bracket.
1: The only thing I'm worried about with Joburg is... I don't know if their schedule has prepped them for how tough some of these games are going to be in the later rounds of the playoffs. They're definitely ready. They had a very good schedule. Harbor Springs making the playoffs. St. Ignis making the playoffs. They played Charlevoix. So and they played... Or Mancelona. They played Mancelona. They played Mancelona, Charlevoix. So they played the best yeah. team. It, it was Some really good teams up here. I just kind of wonder when we get deep into it, we'll, we'll see how tough Jonasburg Bricklewis, which they're very capable of making a state finals run, no doubt about it. Uh, we'll find out when they meet, meet up with uh, teams in the regional and semifinal. I think I think they're locked to win two playoff games so for right. sure. Uh, it's when we get to that third and fourth round we'll find out just how talented this team is. And with Sheldon Hoff and Logan Finerty, I'm not going to be. or I mean, I'm waiting for somebody to beat them before I believe they can't
2: do it. I'm going to mark them down for three wins. You know, I think they beat Montebello. Then they'll probably get Beale City. That's going to be at home. You know, Beale City's pretty good at eight and one, but I don't know that they're as good as Beale City teams in the past. And then. In the third round, they're going to be playing a UP team, Ishpeming or uh, Iron, Iron County, and it's going to be in Jo'burg. So they're going to have to make the long trip. The UP team is going to have to make that trip. It is, but trip. when you
1: get that deep, that rule sometimes goes away. I'm not saying they aren't favored. But just the but
0: travel is what the difference is. It's it's No, the, but at that team, point,
1: like... You know, you say in the first round because a lot of times it's a 9-0 UP team hosting a 5-4 and four team up right. here. At that point, they're both good teams, so that kind of settles it out a little more. But, yes, having the home field is definitely an advantage.
0: Yeah, I think I think Joe Burke has a good shot of making it at least to a regional final game and possibly going into those state semifinals uh, pretty hot. I mean, yeah, nobody, that's a, I, th- I think they've won almost every one of their games by a 10 or more points. And uh, like we said, they've beat several playoff teams from our area. And uh, did it did it with
1: style. So it seems like this is the first year in a while that we've had a handful of like serious state title contenders. It seem, usually in the past we've got what maybe one or two that we think have got a good shot. It Seems eight. like counting eight man, we've got four or five. Yeah, we. I mean, we even at the
0: beginning of the season on this podcast, we were only tabbing one or two teams who who might have a legitimate shot. We sit here at the end of this like,
1: and that's your goal. Yeah, to be, way a tick have a realistic shot at it in this in this month, and that's what we got. Speaking of realistic shots,
0: we got a uh, five players or five teams in eight player football. Um three in Division 1, two in Division 2 uh, who made the playoffs. We had a couple of our guests on here from Suttons Bay, one of our 9 and 0, well, our only 9 and 0 um, eight player football team. They're going to be hosting playoff games for a couple weeks now, but they are going to take Brimley in the first round, 5 and 4 Brimley. I think Suttons Bay is primed to just keep on rolling. We just talked to these guys and they seem like they're they're pretty high up there, and they know what their goals are. We saw what happened to them the playoffs last year one one or just a couple plays away from a state semifinal. Um, and they don't have to do Pickford this year. Pickford's down in Division Two; um, they got dropped. But the only thing is, is if they win that first round game, and Gaylor St. Mary is able to get past Palestine. We're looking at one of the juiciest playoff games I can think about, um, especially in A player football. I mean, whatever the the four and five record of Gaylord Saint Mary doesn't make it look so juicy. Well, they played a few weeks back. We know what we're dealing
1: with at Suttons Bay. So we've seen the history, and I guarantee you, both those teams want that game again. Gaylord Saint Mary to prove that they're good enough to be in that spot in Suttons Bay to get their win back on their way to what they hope is a state championship. So. Yeah, I mean that's gonna be a fun look. Like, yeah, I agree with you. Brimley doesn't really pose much of a challenge probably to the Norsemen, but that that first game though, that Pelston Gaelid St. Mary yeah. at Skevia, I know you guys don't know much about Pelston, but they this is their first playoff appearance in program history for the Hornets. They were eight and one, so those they got a lot of athletes on that team, so they're excited to uh give it a go. That should be a fun game between the snowbirds and Hornets, and then yeah, the winner gets Suttons Bay, we got some marquee meetings here in the early stages of the eight-man tournament.
0: Yeah, that that first district right there, that's a tough one. Those are probably all the, three of them could win it. Yeah, that's what I say. All all three of them could go all the way to a state title.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think Suttons Bay obviously is going to win the battle of the bays in the first round because that's Brimley's mascot. Bays. The bays, the bays. Uh, and the Gaylor Saint Mary, I think I think Gaylor Saint Mary takes that game against Pelston. Um, Pelston's eight and one, but uh, they they've only played one team. I believe it's in the playoffs. And they lost to that team in Hillman, but I, but I think uh, you know that I think St. Mary wins that game, and you get that rematch that we've been looking forward to of St. Mary and the Sutton's first Bay. meeting
1: between them officially, kind of sorta,
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there was only a one point difference the last time, and as yeah, as you'll hear, close. yeah, you'll you'll hear more about that. Well, well, for the games
1: on Friday this time,
0: yeah, you guys will hear more about that in our interview with uh, Bryce Opie and Lucas Mike. so We went a little bit more into depth about how they feel about the forfeiture and the playoffs and. I'm looking down the barrel of a rematch there, so stick around for that, but we're going to move into the other one in the Division 1A player, and that is seven and two Misik is going to Kingston, who is also seven and two. I think Misik has su- surprised some people this year. They just the, they, their second loss of the year just came to Sutton's Bay in that final uh, final week, but this is a sleeper that I don't think any of us thought about at the beginning of the year. Do you think that they are going to be able to surprise anybody in the playoffs?
2: I think that they, they could definitely give Kingston a game they can pull out they're both seven and two teams. Um, their playoff points are not that far off. Um, you know at seven and two you kind of hope that you're gonna get a home game, but uh, Misek's going on the road so they're gonna have that kind of chip on their shoulder. Um, so Kingston's gonna have to look out. Um, they're a pretty good team and have been an eight player for a while so they're experienced but um, it's a game that I would not be surprised at all if Misic takes that game and then they would potentially have Mayo in the next round. We know Mayo's a pretty decent team, but Gaylord St. Mary took care of them twice. So, I Misic's mean, a team that I could see getting out of districts. I mean, Misic. regionals in A player. Yeah, I'm, start I'm, with regionals.
0: Misic uh, played Sutton's Bay closer than Onekama did uh, that last time. They, you know, just this past week, they lost by 11 points. It was 28 17 against a team that we're sitting here saying, you know, is probably the most powerful, has a really good shot um, of making that state title run. Um, Kingston lost to both the playoff teams that they played this year. So in, in Deckerville and in Morris, I mean, Morris it's is...
1: Questioning then, how did they get to host the game?
0: <laughs> but uh, The whole schedule
1: must have been good.
0: Morris obviously being a very, very good uh, team and A player. They've been at the top for a while, but they got shut out in that game. So I think Misak's got a good shot at winning here in this first round. And then, as you said, progressing a little bit. This is a sleeper I wanted to just to bring up because I don't think we've talked about the Bulldogs at all this year.
2: No, not a whole lot. We should have, I mean we brought them up here a little bit here and there, but they, yeah, when they played
1: brethren a few weeks ago, that was the West Michigan title game, so I mm-hmm. think we touched on yep. that. <laughs> but yep. yeah, I mean, third playoff appearance in history, so not too many postseason spots at all for the Bulldogs, and this is number three. And yeah, so you know they they don't take it for granted, and they're going to do all they can to get as many wins as they can. So definitely another team to keep an eye out.
0: All right, we got two more games to talk about. These both in Division Two of the A Player Realm. 5-4 and four Brethren is going to be heading out to Climax Scots for the first round. Brethren's taken some months, but they've played a hard schedule, especially for 8-man um, up here in the area. We've seen them lose some of the best teams out here. Um, I think three of their losses come to... to Sons of
1: Music and Exactly, <laughs> yeah,
0: to three of the teams that we've already talked about. 5-4, and four, we've talk, we already talked about some of these teams squeezing in. I don't know anything about Climax Scots, but do we think Brethren has a chance of winning a playoff game for the first time in a while?
1: A chance, sure. Okay. Um, that definitely feels at five and four, and and where they performed in that music game, music kind of pulled away from that one. You know, yeah. Credit to brethren's schedule. It's a great way to get you you ready for any postseason run. But I think they got to show you in the playoffs that they're they played a good. I think if if memory serves correct, they played a good opening round game last year. They might have even won like, the opening game last year.
2: They played on like mean, Sacred Heart or something. I think they did win a. Playoff game last year. Yeah, they played Onakama in the second round. Second round. And I think they'd be like Sacred
1: Heart in the first round. So if James and I are remembering that correct, then they're already kind of playing with that experience for the returning guys. So that's got to be a nice little thing to take in your back pocket knowing you've won on this stage before.
2: Yeah, I mean, and Climax Scots is going to be a tough opponent for them. It's a team that's in its first year in eight player football, uh, a bigger school than Brethren. Uh, They're around 150, 160 students, I think. And they've made the playoffs for 17 years straight. So 16, the last 16 years in 11-player football, they made the playoffs. So this is one of those teams, you know, that maybe some people are looking at and saying, I don't think you maybe necessarily had to go to 8-player football because you were pretty successful in 11-player. But so it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough road for Brethren, but that that Brethren program is definitely making some strides.
0: All right, we got one more game here in Division Two. Onekama is going to be hosting Wyoming Triunity Christian.
1: The defenders.
0: They're 5-4. and four. That's Wyoming Triunity. That is Onekama 6-3. and three. Obviously, two of those losses coming to Sutton's Bay, as we've already talked about here. Well, but
1: it's interesting we get this game this year because Wyoming Triunity was in the conference with Onekama last year in the Midwest Central Michigan, and this year they were out. So now we get that game anyways, even though they aren't even in the same conference anymore. And they beat Onekama last year in the regular season to take the title.
0: Yeah, and Onekama made that trip to the Dome last year. And Triundi did not. Yeah, but they have uh, they have a lot of guys back. We've talked about them a couple of times with Aaron Powers, Luke Mautler.
2: Taylor Bennett, Wade Sedler.
0: They know what it takes to get up to the Uperdome. There's several, all the guys we just named. I'm pretty sure they're seniors. Not all of them, but I know Powers, Mottler, um, Sedler. They're all seniors, Bennett. so they've they've taken this road before. Can they ride that experience? Now they're I, they were in Division Two last year as well, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they're in the the same bracket as they have been before.
1: Is this something uh, looking for back-to-back for Onekama? I think they got a great shot to get the Week 1 win, Triunity being a little down compared to years past. Uh, Then Week 2, they would take on the winner of Climax Scots and Brethren. So if it's Brethren, then it's a team that's right down the road. If it's Climax Scots, then they're going on the road down there near Kalamazoo, I think is where Climax Scots is. Uh, I think that's where where you start getting a real test. I think Onekama, starting in Round 2, will will face teams that are pretty impressive. And at that point, yeah, if they can get the win and then potentially maybe a rematch with Portland-St. Patrick. Is that that side? Are you looking at the bracket, James? Uh, hold on I'm pretty sure it is. The Shamrock. Because originally they were projected to play like round one or two.
2: Yes, Portland-St. Patrick would be in the same half of the It would bracket,
1: be in the so. semis, which would be a rematch of the semis a year ago. Um, so they're more than capable of making it to that spot, but in some of the bigger games this year, you know, coming up with two losses to Suttons Bay. Now they did lose to Suttons Bay last year too, and that didn't seem to affect them postseason going forward. There's something different about Anakama this year, and maybe it's Ben Acton missing in action because he was such a big part of the highlights, much less you know leading up that team last year. Uh, not to say he's the one that got them there exclusively, but uh, maybe there's a, l- a little less firepower there than what we're used to from the year before. Having said that, Jake, you just rattled off all those guys and, and that expertise and that knowledge that they've already done it. I, why couldn't they do it again? They they certainly have the upper hand in that uh, argument.
0: But that's gonna that's gonna wrap up our 14 area playoff matches. Hopefully, we can go 14 and 0. I know that's what we're rooting for here at the Record Eagle over at seven and four. Wouldn't well, you? I would have to
1: go. Th- oh, I can't. What like 34 and no? 04? Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, but
0: uh, good luck to all of our area teams there in the playoffs. Uh, we'll obviously give you guys an update on episode number 100. Triple digits. Yeah, triple digits next week. Speaking of that, before we get into our interview, wanted to tell you guys what's coming up on episode number 100. We are going to be doing a huge blowout of everything to get around. We're going to be bringing back the pod father, Brendan Queeley. He's going to be joining us on episode number 100. We're going to do a couple.
1: What about the pod stepfather, Brett Summers?
0: Maybe we'll have him call in and say hello. Wish us happy
1: birthday. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Happy (laughs) 100th birthday.
0: We're going to have a couple big giveaways next week. Along with our normal Jimmy John's giveaway, we are going to be giving away a 12-sub party pack from Jimmy John's that comes with 12 mini-subs, 6 drinks, and 6 cookies. Uh, So we're going to up our dinner to get your whole family fed instead of just you and a friend. We're going to get your whole family fed next week. And then on top of that, the Record Eagle is going to be giving a away a six-month digital subscription to one lucky audible viewer so we'll be able to save you i believe they said it was about 120 dollars value for uh, yeah, the six-month like subscription so that's a big one that's
1: all for liking or retweeting all for liking or retweeting wow, my mom could do that Exactly. And if, and, if,
2: and if the person falls in an area where the paper's already delivered, um, they can get home delivery on that subscription as well. I so, yeah,
0: it could be print or so, print and digital.
2: And, and some other swag that we're looking to get to give away that, uh, that episode.
0: Of course, if you guys want some record eagle polos or something to wear, we're, we're going to toss them around like we're at a Pistons basketball game and Tom Gore's hitting old ladies in the face. One more thing coming up on episode 100. We are going to be talking a lot about the volleyball playoffs next week. Obviously, we're bringing up football, uh, uh, update about football. But we're going to have Cadillac volleyball players Maggie Neese and Chloe Comstock and Traverse City Central volleyball players Maggie McCreary and Olivia Feebing on the get-around for two exclusive interviews heading into the playoffs. So we're going to have a big show for you next week. Make sure that you tune in, come and listen to us, and uh, share and like and subscribe so we can get you subscribed to get all the local content that you need. Um, we
1: are teeing it up to be the best episode of all time. I'm sure hope so.
0: That's that's the plan. If we can make it to 100, we got to do it big. Because I don't even know how many podcasts make it to episode 100. Not a lot. That's going to do it for The Pulse and our little tease to episode number 100. So you know what that means. It's time to dive into our interview with Sutton's Bay Seniors, Bryce Opie and Lucas Sell. They joined us one day after Selection Sunday to talk about their playoff pairing and their 9-0 season thus far, so let's give a listen to that now. We are excited to welcome into the Get Around Podcast studio Sutton's Base seniors and football players Lucas Mikesell and Bryce Opie. Thank you guys so much for joining us today.
3: Thanks for having us.
0: We got the Norse in here just after Selection Sunday, just got their playoff draw going 9-0 and in the regular season, so there's a lot to unpack here, but we're going to get started off with our Jimmy John's Freaky Fast Five, and start off with our five, qu- five rapid fire questions to kind of get to know these guys a little bit. First one we're going to go off with, for you guys, what weapon would you choose if you were in a duel?
3: <laughs> you go first. You're the hunter. <laughs>
0: All right, so Shoot. Lucas is a hunter. What are you using? Thing. Um, and the duel. What so do
4: many, you so
0: hunt ma- with? So many options
4: at 22, but I haven't got—I haven't got that to even do it. My parents do bow hunting, but I'm thinking uh, a little something a little exciting, like a machete. <laughs> okay. Yeah, make it <laughs> ma- make it an exciting duel, <laughs> hand-to-hand
0: combat.
3: Well, if we're going hand-to-hand, he's using machete. I think I'm going to use a, a malice, maybe a malice.
0: Is that like the... Yeah, yeah, the old-fashioned... Like the mall like like
3: on, like <laughs> on a string. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're going hand-to-hand. Hand. Might, well, might as well
0: extend it. With some
2: spikes on it. Which oh, yeah. is what is the best thing about living in Sutton's Bay?
3: Oh, how beautiful it is. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Like, it's just a blessing to, to grow up in such a beautiful area. um and I, Whenever I travel, whenever I go downstate or anywhere, I always take a look around and be like, what would it be like to grow up there? Like, say, Bay City, Midland, you know, just any city downstate and... I really just take it in and it, it just makes me uh, be that much more thankful for Sutton's Bay and how beautiful the area is and what a blessing it is to grow up in such a beautiful place.
2: Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. I think actually the same thing, like I do the same thing when I go places. I think what would it be like if I lived here and uh, I'm really thankful that I can have the chance to live here and I always look for the beauty in each season and I try to focus on all that stuff and like fall, the colors are great. So
0: So what, what's your favorite season in Sutton's Bay? Mm-hmm.
4: This is a bonus question.
3: Summer, song. <laughs> I yeah, love boating with my friends, yeah, going out on the lake, jumping off the cold box. Might not be able to do that, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe not supposed, <laughs> supposed to do that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of fun things to do. Just life on the lake's awesome. Yeah,
4: I, I agree. Summertime, the best. <laughs> yeah, no school either. Oh, yeah, no yeah. school.
3: Relaxing, working, making money, having fun. You're getting football yes. practice oh, over the yeah. a little oh, bit. Workouts, workouts every night. all summer.
0: Yep. Okay, I like this question. If you could get rid of any one state, which would it be and why? <laughs>
4: Ohio. <laughs>
3: Ohio. <laughs> don't, don't like OSU. So there is nothing in Ohio. Ohio so
4: boring, just corn. and They, they want to be Michigan people. Have uh, you guys I mean, ever been to Cedar Point? Yes, yeah, so there's go one there, good thing that comes out of Ohio.
3: Si- every summer together, we go to C- Cedar Point, and it's, it's a blast. Yeah. But so Other than Cedar Point and a couple national parks, Ohio...
4: I think they mistakenly put it in Ohio. They probably tried to put it in Michigan or something. It was builders from other states.
0: They were just like, "Oh, it's in Lake Erie, it's yeah, part of mm, Michigan." Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. okay.
4: So here's here's a question. Shout out to Seven Four
0: Seven Force Harrison Beebe. What's your favorite roller coaster at Cedar Point? Oh, Millennium Force. Millennium
3: Force all day. <laughs> yeah. We got yes. we had a picture last year. Um, we we did a pose. And they they did the they put up their favorite picture uh, of the summer. They hang it up. Yes. And uh, it was me and him. And uh, we had a friend that went down there. Uh, a couple months later, and the picture was still hanging out. Oh, up. really? It yeah. was too. We made yeah. a very, very
4: ugly face. Yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> it was funny. awesome. It was
3: pretty funny. And it wasn't planned,
2: too. And unscripted. They, so, they framed it. It's one of the ones where their cameras catch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: It was, yeah. You know, that was hilarious. The, okay. So, um, no, no Steel Vengeance, no
4: Maverick. Oh, no Steel no awesome. Vengeance was, At was nighttime, really good. nighttime,
3: Steel Vengeance. Insane. Yes. Yeah.
4: Okay. It is. Insane. I mean, I can't, I can't say there's not other good ones because there's close ones, but oh, yeah. Millennium Force is definitely the best.
2: Alright, uh, do you consider Monopoly to be a game that you play with friends or
4: enemies? Uh, enemies. <laughs> definitely enemies. Yep. Friends, there's so many other things we could do in our, uh-huh. on our time. <laughs> uh-huh.
3: Because uh, we'll play Euchre, we'll play anything but Monopoly, but I don't think <laughs> I, I can't say I've ever finished a I've game. Monopoly. I've never finished a game of Monopoly. So definitely i play Monopoly. It's Monopoly. a game where you can turn friends into enemies. Okay. Oh, it, uh, can get, it can yeah. get really definitely. brutal.
0: Very quickly, alright. If you could choose only one, or if you could choose one song to play every time you walked into a room for the rest of your life, what would it be? <laughs> <What'd you laughs> oh do?
4: my gosh. Oh, there's too many good songs. Um, oh, yeah. no.
3: Oh, easy. Sunday Candy by Chance the Rapper. Okay. Um, oh. it's, it's my lifelong song. I love that song. I can never get
4: sick of it. Gosh. I'm just going to go Sunflower by Post Malone. Oh, okay. Um, I was, I was
2: all about that, that for Somebody else that the last time. Yeah, the that's we two. That question, I
4: think. That's <laughs> two for
0: Sunflower by Post Malone. <laughs> yeah, that's a good All right, <laughs> I got one. I got one last one. I guess the answer could be none, but I'm interested to find out. What conspiracy theory do you guys actually
2: believe in?
3: Oh my gosh, the ghosts ca- are, th- are those. We, that can, we can we can
2: count that. Yeah, ghosts. I mean not like Sam Donald ghosts though right <laughs> oh, no 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 <laughs> no
0: he's no <laughs> <laughs> no, really uh, uh. <laughs> no definitely
3: not Sam Donald ghosts but maybe if, if ghosts are some sort of conspiracy theory I, might, I believe in ghosts I mean I believe in some sort of supernatural
4: okay. being out there but okay mm-hmm. Man, I'm not. I'm not really all about that uh. <laughs> I usually... I mean, Area 51? <laughs> no, no. No, don't believe that. Earth the is thing.
2: flat. Nope. <laughs> no. No, no. Uh, I usually just look that stuff <laughs> Thank and you like, for that's, not saying that. that's pretty <laughs> dumb.
4: But Kyrie. I, yeah, Kyrie Irving. No. I'm not about that. No Lizard People, the Illuminati... No. <laughs> oh,
3: Illuminati? Not even Illuminati? No. <laughs> who's who's <laughs> responsible for
4: nine eleven? Yeah. Okay. Oh, no. Lucas. Lucas, no, Lucas ridiculous, is
0: uh-huh. <laughs> <those ridiculous conspiracy> <laughs> <theories>. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas is a non-conspiracy nope. theorist. Yeah. But it sounds like Bryce isn't one much of one either. He just yeah, believes in ghosts.
3: Yeah. <laughs> ghosts, aliens, you know that something. I guess so there's something. I out guess there. I could hop
4: on ghosts. I, I think there's some. What about
0: aliens? Can you hop on the alien train? No. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> the alien train there's is definitely God. the one I'm on <laughs> I can't, I can't not there. believe there's not aliens There's so
3: many like galaxies and yeah. planets yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if know. we're
0: sitting in the podcast studio right now, there's aliens doing something somewhere.
3: Something. There's to be something like it. they <laughs> are
0: probably listening no. in, and And they're talking about right
2: how now. we can't freaking exist. Yeah. yeah exist. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> it's just, anyways.
0: Anyways, we do have actual football. We have actual sports, actual things to talk about here with these guys from Sutton's Bay. Um, now in your, in your, uh, senior year going nine and 0 let's start there. I know that there was a blemish to begin with, but where we're at now, you guys have kind of worked up to this point. You guys have gotten better, gotten better last year. You guys were just a couple plays short of, you know, moving right yeah, up to that yes. superior dome. Um, but how much
4: do you guys feel that, you know, this senior year is, is the year that you've been waiting for? Bryce and I, and the other few that were pulled up sophomore year to play on varsity, I think we saw potential for the next two seasons. Last year, we thought we could make it all the way, you know, and it was really a close loss. And I mean, ever since sophomore year, I mean, we've always been working hard, but we really grinded it out since that year, you know, with all those guys and they really pushed us and we got a lot better. And I think the way things are turning out this year is what we kind of imagined. So
3: it's definitely what we hope for with all the hard work we've been putting in for all these years. It's just, it's just glad to see it's paying off. It's just I'm really happy to see it's paying off, you know, because it's just nice to know that it's not all for nothing. And that, you know, we went through some tough times in those couple of years, but, you know, not having a football program our freshman year, and it, it, we just didn't know. Mm-hmm. And we just kept working hard. and We hope for the best, and here we are, 9-0. And it's, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, and you kind of brought that up. I was going to ask, you know, You guys were around when when the football program got you know shut down for the year how much did that kind of either hurt your ego or light a fire underneath you when you came back
3: Um, Hmm. i think it's definitely a little bit of both because you're trying to you're trying to gain everybody's respect back like i i know a bunch of guys from around you know like different schools you know playing 11-man football it's tough to say yeah i play i play football i play eight-man football and they're not going to give you that same level of respect but with this 9-0 season showing that we're we're playing better, we're working harder, we're doing everything that we can to, you know, show everybody that we're real, we're playing football. It's it's great.
4: Yeah, I think when the season was cut short, I'm, my older brother was on the team, and he was really sad that he couldn't finish his last season. It was, yeah, it was both. It hurt, but it also fired us up. Like, I just thought, man, amen football. It just, it's just not football. But, you know, once we started playing, it was just like, It was, it was, that was real football. It's how it's
3: been our entire lives, you know? I mean, the field might be a little bit narrower, you know, there's less guys on the field, but it still feels like football.
4: Yeah, and I thought, I thought people that would think the same thing, and I I didn't want them to not be interested, so I thought, well, we got to show them that this is interesting, so.
3: Mm -hmm. This is still football. This is still Sutton's Bay football. Is is it
4: almost more fun? Be, yeah, because, I mean,
3: there's I a little more know. space. I mean, it puts a maybe? little bit more pressure on you, though, too. Okay. Because you don't have, I mean, as a quarterback at least, you don't have as many options. But uh, then again, you don't have as many people defending your options. Yeah. So, so you don't have another safety back there. You don't have another yeah, receiver. You're missing a running back. You know, you're missing some blocking up there. But, you know, it's 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 still football. It's yeah. Still.
4: I couldn't say that one is better than the other. They're pretty darn similar. So. Yeah.
3: I think, I think because, you know, it's eight on <laughs> eight. it's yeah it same. feels the same as
4: 11 yeah, on 11. I love but. them both,
2: so. And, and to an extent, 8 player allows uh players I think to to show off their skills more than oh, yeah. than 11 player. I mean, you know, I think if so. you get yeah, out in yeah. space, yeah. you know, you can you can do what you what running backs want to do all the time. Yeah. On, on defense, you're you're not getting help, so you have to be a good tackler on defense because oh, yeah. most mm-hmm. of the time you're making solo tackles. It's one-on-one on one so open f- field tackles. I would I time. would think that, that from that perspective, it would be f- help recruiting, you know, that college coaches would be oh. like, oh, yeah, this guy has to make solo tackles all the time and knows mm-hmm. what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: definitely. It's it's It definitely puts m- not more pressure on single players, but it gives you more opportunities to show what you have. You know, you're not... It's it's putting more spotlight on players, like you're saying, you know, because there's not as many players on the field, let's say. There's not as many people getting the ball. There's not, a, you know, it, and for those defenders, there's not as many people making the tackle. There's, you know. Yeah. So, like you said, it's just putting a spotlight more on players than... But, yeah, it's letting, it's letting players show their stuff. It's great.
0: Now, uh, I want to go back into the regular season. You guys uh, beat come with twice, which oh, yeah. uh, they were up at the Superior Dome last year, mm-hmm. uh, which, I mean, obviously you had to give you a little bit of extra – you know, to want to beat those guys, but oh, beat them yeah. twice, took the conference, uh, which which has to feel good, and then um, going nine and zero after that forfeit against Gaylord St. Mary. How much did you guys look at wanting to win the conference over on Nekama this year after them making that run to the state final?
4: After last year, for, for me and Bryce at least, after uh, having that thirteen to eight win, right? I remember that you know, the oh, yeah. game winning stuff yeah Yeah. i remember (laughs) i remember that i think that was the first time i actually talked to you Mm -hmm. that was um so after that i thought man they really gonna they're gonna gonna want that back so i just kept telling the team you know something big happened last year and they're gonna want it back and And we need to want it more yeah and this is gonna be at their place and they're gonna want it so you know we were really fired up to beat them and then you know after we beat them the second time like these guys wanted they're gonna want even more i mean we want it we wanted it bad, the, bad. This is conference yeah. championship. That was our, me and Bryce's first, so we wanted it pretty good.
3: I mean, it's our first conference title since 2013 or 14, I think. And um, last year, we were one game short, a couple bad plays short of a conference title. And this year, I mean, it, once again, it's just hard work pays off. And we've been working hard. We've been preparing all year for Onekama, was one of our biggest games and we weren't we were unsure about Gaylord St. Mary's but you know they're not in our conference and we got the forfeit win but uh Onekima was our big goal and we knew that they wanted that because we'd beat them at their place on their homecoming and 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 then next year to come to their place again on their warrior game last minute a little bit unprepared but still come out with a win it was we knew they were going to want it bad for conference and
0: we came out with the win. It was great. Now it's it's. Everybody says, especially in football, it's got to be hard to play the same team twice in a season. Yeah. But I mean, you guys are obviously they have extra motivation. You have extra motivation. You might have a good feel for each other. But now we're kind of staring down the barrel of you guys and Gaylord say Mary possibly oh. having another second matchup. So that's two teams you guys could mm. possibly play twice in a season. But you guys will technically be on the the other side of it. Um, how do you guys look at that? Let's talk about that first, and then we'll go into the end of it. How do you guys look at that game? You lost by a point. Yeah. It was obviously.
3: Mistfield. Yeah, tooth, yes. and nail,
0: tooth and nail. <laughs> but, I mean, do you guys look at that as a loss? Is that still something that you guys yeah. hold on to? Yeah. Or is it. How, how do you guys approach that situation? It's a loss.
4: Yeah. It was just this teeniest mistakes that made it a loss, and it's still a loss in my mind, even though it was a forfeit you know, and they had ineligible players, but it was a tough loss for Definitely. how close it was.
3: Definitely, I mean, we. I remember after the game just feeling terrible. I mean, because when you when you know you did everything you could, put your body out there, put every little bit of effort you possibly have in your entire body, that feeling of, I did everything I can and we still lost this game, It's it was an awful feeling, but then it, it, it kind of makes a little fire inside your belly, you know, it's like, if we get a chance to play these guys again, we're gonna make sure this doesn't happen again, and we're gonna make we're gonna fix all those little mistakes. We're gonna watch film. We're gonna study up. We're gonna make sure we play him again. We're gonna come
2: out with a W. So, do you tell people that you're nine and or eight and one? Nah, nine 0 Nine Yeah. I mean it's, it's, I mean, it's
0: fair to say, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, look, looking back on it, that has to only help the winning season. You, you learn some lessons. Oh yeah. You know, you you have that extra little bit of fire and. Luckily enough, they made it in, so you might have a chance to yeah. revenge. Mm-hmm.
3: It also reminds you you're not unbeatable. You know, y- you you can make mistakes. You're not. You don't. You don't want to get a case as, as my dad says or our coach says. Uh, you don't want to get a case of the winsies. You don't want to get yeah. high fly high <laughs> and oh we're the best team out there. We're not going to face any competition. You meet competition and boom, you lose. We you know it was just nice to. I mean not nice, but I think it was a great lesson for us I'd, to yeah. play them. I think it was necessary for that to happen. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
4: Maybe get that loss out of the way. Yeah, that's how I thought about it. Just so we know what it's like and what we need to learn from. I mean, if you're gonna have
0: a loss, it would be. It's really nice to have it show up as a win in the win column, right? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it? I
2: mean, there's
0: some sort of trade-off. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: It's uh, it's great.
2: So how how uh, difficult is it having your dad as the coach? Because the two of you look nothing alike. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean,
3: I love him to death. And I, I wouldn't want any other coach, you know. I love it. I love him as my coach because, I mean, you got You got to know, though, when to separate your dad from the coach. And you got to be able to take his coaching. And, you know, you need to learn to, you know, say there's some things you might do at home that you're not going to do on the football field because he's, he's your coach and he's your – you need to – put all the utmost respect to him as your father and as a coach, but you need to show a good example uh, to the rest of the team, and you know, you can't be slacking off because he's your dad or anything, but I love him as my coach, and it's, it's great, and he's it, another great part is, is all my friends have been coming over, all these seniors have been coming over to my house for years, and he's kind of like a dad to a lot of us, and mm-hmm. uh, I think it's, it's great because our team's a big family. And he's just kinda like the dad of our family, the head
2: coach of our team. Yeah. How many how many years have you guys all played to pop Warner together and, uh, and all that?
4: Geez, what, Third grade? I think. Third, third grade. I think yeah. third grade is when we started. Third grade. And we've played together since so almost ten and, years. Yeah. Yeah, and his his dad has always been helping, so it wasn't uh it wasn't like a huge change when his dad took over. I mean he's always been with us helping us out. So Yeah,
3: because we had Coach Durkin coming up for our first year of eight man and um he got a job offer at Downstate at his dream school, you know, getting to coach a school that he played at and everything. And uh, we were worried that, you know, a, a head coach we didn't know again, a new system, a new everything. New but luckily, my dad came in and we kept the same plays, same system, everything. We didn't have to learn a whole new playbook and mm-hmm. all this other stuff again. And luckily, we've also had Coach Pash stick around on defense. So we've been doing the same thing since... JV middle school, you know. So.
0: Continuity helps.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. so coach,
2: been, like, coach Pass has been there forever. Oh Pass oh, yes. has been around since football's <coughs> since been uh, been football. Saint <laughs> <since laughs> in Francis invented. and
3: Suttons Bay and Beale City and wherever. But
0: now you you often have a uh, little playbook powwows over dinner with your dad at <laughs> Actually, home. I'm sure football the dinner table. Stop. Yeah. Dinner
3: table's covered in playbooks. A computer always have film up. Always going through. It's, Always, Constant. football is life, and no <laughs> assholes.
0: <laughs> now, obviously, I mean, what would it mean? I mean? We're looking way ahead here, but you guys obviously have goals of winning a state title this year. Yeah, that's what you're in the playoffs for, especially if you're nine and zero. Um, what would it mean bringing something like that back to Suttons Bay, especially? Uh, you know, I don't think you guys have been in, in that position since I think it's like two thousand yeah, four. 2004. Yeah, Yeah. So that, that was the first year you guys became a co-op, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's been a while. What would it mean for you guys, especially after having to cancel a season and work your way back to here to kind of reach that pinnacle?
4: Definitely showed that we've grown, um, and I think I don't know. It's always been <laughs> it's always been our goal since you know we started playing. You know, we've always wanted that championship. So for it to for us to have this uh, opportunity with our skilled players, um, it feels really nice, and I'm really excited. And, you know, if we could bring it home, like the uh, the joy it brings to everybody for Suns Bay to you know make a mark.
3: I remember since I was a little kid driving in Suns Bay, and you see that sign. It says, "Boys' Golf State Champions 2000, whatever 2014, 2015." You know, and all 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 my life, I've always wanted to be like. I played on that team, mm-hmm. that 2019 state championship Suttons Bay football team, and you know something I can bring my kids back to and show them, and you know bring them to Suttons Bay and win it for the town too, because we have a ton of support in Suttons Bay from the stores to the churches to everything in our town, and everybody's behind us, and if we could bring that back for them. It would be the best. It'd be the best
0: thing ever. Yeah, I mean, it's not even just just for Sun's Bay too. It's kind of for the whole peninsula. Oh yeah, yeah. almost. You know, so I, I know. You it's know,
3: teams like Glen Lake have yeah. gone to the state championships, St. Francis, and you know, we've struggled to bring those state championships home up here. But uh, hopefully, that's something we can do this year. We'll, we'll see.
4: Of course,
0: of
3: course. Do you guys pay
2: attention much to your uh, individual stats? Uh, a little bit.
4: Sometimes after
2: uh, games, much.
3: the stats guys come down and say. Yeah. Oh, this happened, and this happened, and Lucas broke this record again, and this record again. <laughs> like, Oh, you, you did this, and this, and yeah, here's l- some tackles. Because
2: last week you broke the record for uh, the career record for receiving yards at Sutton's Bay. Oh, really? Mm. Okay. It <laughs> <laughs> <But laughs> was this, the record that was 34 years old. Oh, oh wow. Held <laughs> by a Capron.
3: Oh, Devin
4: Capron's dad. Oh
2: Chris Capron. Mm-hmm, yeah. Chris Capron. Devin's dad. That's that's awesome. pretty cool, and then you <laughs> became the first player in uh, school history to have a thousand yards rushing and receiving in the same year, oh or rushing passing. rushing and passing in yeah,
3: sorry. yeah, that's crazy, that's sweet. Yeah. Dual threat, huh? Yeah. <laughs> is that what is that what that says? <laughs> um, I hope I hope to be dual threat.
0: <laughs> I mean, do do you? I'll ask about that with eight man. Do you think that helps your ability to be dual threat? I mean, in 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 all reality, it's not like you guys are down skill players. Mm-hmm. Right. You're really down just a couple linemen mm-hmm. and a fullback. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, what I'm saying it. Yeah. depends on how you really mix it up, but. Yeah. We talked about the space. What does that do for for a quarterback and being able to make that space? And, exactly, because
3: you know you have, last, you have a less you have a less you have less safety out there. Maybe a less linebacker, and all you, it, after you get past that first level, it's you got your receivers running downfield with the corners. There's not much safety. Safeties are usually helping, and the field opens up. And you can just run around. <laughs> you know, you get a yeah. lot of room. You just make a couple moves and you yeah. can break away from everybody. As as you know, watching Lucas Mikesell over here, <laughs> you know, he makes two moves and he's gone. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it definitely playing eight, man, it, it, the field opens up a little bit. Um, and it's, yeah, a little, little bit of openings. <laughs> that's the, I, yeah. That's all I can openings. Say.
0: Openings. Oh, so, uh, yeah. opi- so, uh, uh, We're yeah. bad with puns. Right? <laughs> that bad. Uh, but uh, you guys both play defense, too. I know I know oh your right. bag. I mean, how tall are you, 6'3", six, 6'4"? Six,
4: yeah. 6'4". Yeah, I mean, that's
0: a little good. big for a safety, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, how, how do you kind of balance that? Do you feel like the quarterback of the defense when you're in the back there, too? Or, or yeah. how do you yes. deal with that? I think he does.
3: Yeah, sometimes <laughs> uh, it's you know you notice little things about quarterbacks if you're sitting back there reading the quarterback you know you're thinking you, you kind of can read his mind a little bit because as a quarterback you can you know you can tell what the quarterback's thinking just by where he's looking around and stuff so I mean this year I had a bunch uh, I think probably like five or six interceptions and I think playing quarterback has definitely helped that because I can help on some routes you know come come over come across the field and just to pick off the ball but um yeah, and in some ways, uh, my uh, coach Pash—he has—he has me being like kind of the quarterback of the defense, calling the plays and stuff, and the formations. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's crazy.
2: Yeah. So, how big do your eyes get when you get in the open field? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just—I uh, <laughs> don't
4: know. I just kind of think, all right, now it's time to turn on the jets. So then, I, I don't know. I, it's really exciting. I, as soon as I see the open field, I'm like, yes! So I just start sprinting. But <laughs> <laughs> <just out-rowed> <laughs> yeah. It's a really good feeling.
0: All right, one bonus question for both of you guys, since you do have the football ha- football in your hands a lot, you're 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 in you got a control in your hand. You're playing Madden with yourselves. Okay. <laughs> what, or what 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 are you or what, yeah? What are you hitting? You're using you stiff arm,ing you trucking, you oh. juking? Hurtle. are you hitting the <laughs> <Hurdle>. spin move <laughs> <laughs> or hurdle? Okay, I'm, uh,
4: hurdle. I'm about the the uh, spin move and stiff arm. I'm all about that.
3: Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. That's like I'm real playing, life, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, if I'm playing as Marshawn Lynch or something, I'll just try to run over everybody. And uh, sometimes, if I'm feeling a little, little fancy, I'll try to hurdle or something. But yeah.
0: But if it's you, if you were in Madden, if I was in Madden, yeah, what, what what's, your, a what's a your, signature move? Hurdle. A hurdle <laughs> all day. Okay, I could just see the bodies yeah. flying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You got, like, you got. Oh, 64. six four, so yeah.
2: probably pull off the hurdle. Yeah, probably. Well, that's really impressive. <laughs> so. Uh, I guess one more question about eight player football. Mm-hmm. Do you do you how do you feel? Do you feel like college coaches like discount eight player football when they're recruiting, or are are certain coaches yeah. thinking you know, hey, I can maybe recruit this area, and other coaches are ignoring it, so maybe I can find some some gems that other people aren't looking at.
3: Yeah, I mean, I went to a bunch of camps. I go to a bunch of camps every summer, mm-hmm. and
2: um, I start getting in contact with coaches that way
3: rather than saying oh uh, you know just hoping for the best playing eight-man football just saying oh man maybe some coach is gonna stumble upon Sutton's Bay because it's Sutton's Bay you got to realize it's <laughs> up in the pinky of Michigan like who's who the college coach isn't just gonna randomly drive up there you know so you got to yeah. get in contact coaches with coaches yourself is what I figured out is you need to get out there go to camps talk to coaches and if you're and if you're an athlete they'll find you is mm-hmm. what I figured out and uh, I talked to a couple guys uh, Andrew Marty's one a quarterback for Northwestern one of the quarterbacks for northwestern and he said he told me that was his advice for me is if they if you're an athlete college coaches will find you no matter what you play and where you play so I mean as long as you get mm-hmm. your name out there talk to a bunch of coaches uh, you'll, you'll be fine
0: awesome well thank you guys once again so much for joining us uh, here at the get around it was a great time having you in and good luck in the next couple of weeks obviously thank uh, yeah there's Big year for you guys, 9-0 through the playoffs. So thank yeah. you so much for coming. Yeah, yeah nice thanks for guys. having us.
2: Thanks for Bryce and Lucas coming in. That uh, interview is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. At Jimmy John's, they're freaks about fresh bread, meats, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freak yeah.
0: You know what that means? we got a couple of things to talk about from last weekend. We're not doing any type of fun game or anything. You know. We know, not time for you know, games. We ain't got no time for games. It's playoff
1: time. We yeah. kind of did a game, you know, sharing the opinions on the playoffs. But. Yeah,
0: whatever you want to call it. But we do have a couple of things that we do need to talk about from this past weekend and what is coming up this week. We're going to start off with, uh, you know, we did a lot about soccer uh, regionals last week. Three out of those four teams we talked about lost, but the big winners, Traverse City West in Division I, taking down number 1 Okemos on Saturday for that regional title. We said they are contenders. They are showing us exactly what they're made of. We said that's going to be the hardest, well, even though it's not going to be the hardest game for them, but getting past number 1 makes the biggest difference in the world. It's not smooth sailing from here because they're kind of in uncharted territory at this point but
1: we still see them as a, as a contender. You beat number one, I mean, it's just everybody else is right in that same pecking order, so they have the capability of beating everybody else left in front of their path. The question is, yeah, how will they sustain this energy and this momentum and positive play going up again, routinely now two, maybe three games in a row of top-quality opponents?
2: Yeah, I mean, they get number one, they beat number one, now they get number three in Novi, um, and this game got moved to Holt because they were playing Novi, and Novi was supposed to host the semifinals and finals, but the MHSA won't let them play home games in the semifinals and finals, so the game was moved to Holt, kind of a neutral site. Somewhat neutral. Somewhat, more, more so than, than Novi. Yeah. Uh, or Comstock Park, which is the other s- final site. Yeah, Holt is where they played a couple years ago, and they got to this, uh, this point and played East Kentwood, and uh, ended up losing in a playoff penalty kick shootout. Um, so they at least know the field. Not my favorite field because the lighting's kind of crappy and you can't get very good pitchers, but, you know. <laughs> uh, so they know this field. They've been here before. They said their goal was to get the final four. They've got there. Now Now it's... House money time. Yeah, you, you've got two games left, and anybody can win those two games because you got four excellent teams left.
0: All right, there is one more. Well, not one more, but a few more people we want to talk about from the weekend we had cross-country regionals also take place with a couple of big winners over the weekend before uh, state finals coming up here this coming weekend. We have Leland winning their first ever regional title in cross-country. Had Petoskey's Cambry Smith winning a individual regional title. Fellas, this was a strong showing for Northern Michigan uh, in, in cross-country this weekend.
1: It was really cool. They had a, all four of... Uh, regions for uh, divisions I- at Benzie Central. Benzie, I think that's the first time ever that Benzie, they host an invitational every year, and I'm sure they've maybe hosted a regional once or twice, but they probably never had eight races, four divisions, eight races counting the boys and girls, and they did that on Saturday. So it kind of probably had like a mini state finals feel with all the people that were there. Uh, yeah, we had a lot of local teams look pretty impressive, including the Petoskey team you mentioned, the Leland team you mentioned. So uh, a lot of momentum building towards uh, MIS and the state finals on Saturday. We'll see if we can get, uh, I have a feeling we're going to get at least one individual state champion in on the boys' Hunter side. Uh, yes, I think I saw a projection that he is the fastest time in Division Three by like 30 or 40 seconds. So I don't want to put a lock, but he's, I kind of do.
2: He's okay at running.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, He's okay at running. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's the over under we play. Are we going to get uh, more than one state champion crowned in cross country this weekend? I I would bet the over just based on how much talent's gonna go down there.
2: How about over under uh, that Hunter Jones wins by twenty seconds or more? I'll
0: say more. I'll say more.
1: I'll say more too. Mm-hmm. I I think I think a challenge will make him even better. <laughs> he is. <laughs> If somebody's breathing on him, he's gonna run even faster. That's his problem. He doesn't have any. He's running by himself in these races. And somebody's gonna be challenging him in a state final situation. He's gonna run even better. Maybe even break fifteen. Running with ghosts. It'll be November second, so probably not.
2: Oh well, we had Leland win we uh, said that. first program. I mean, they've had a program for twelve years though, um, and getting their first cross country regional championship ever—that's pretty big for them.
0: So you know what that means, guys. We are going to get the people fed. Had several people interact with us last week. Had to uh, draw some names out of a hat. But we are going to get Laura Bonzalette from Glen Arbor. You are getting fed this week. We're going to send out two free Jimmy John's sandwich coupons to you. And for all you people who are still hungry, remember next week is the big one. We're giving away... Couple free Jimmy John subs, of Jimmy John's party pack, of subscription to the Record Eagle, and so much more is going to happen on episode number one hundred. Did you say all
1: the members of your baseball team were going to sign a baseball and give it out? Right? Yeah, the game ball was given to one of our uh, one oh, of you our. We just teammates. sign any baseball. We just,
0: don't care. it's it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not. It doesn't have the same intrinsic value when it's a championship game ball. Make sure <laughs> make make sure you interact with us. Uh, this week, easy way to interact. Remember, all you have to do is send us a picture of your Halloween costume or one you plan on wearing, one that you have worn. Uh, whatever it may be, we want to see what our Audible viewers are doing for this week to have some fun for Halloween. So uh, good way to interact is not share like us. Do, do what you can. But that is going to throw us into the Get Around Hall of Fame where we induct one more member into the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. We have three more very worthy candidates for this week's induction. I can go ahead and start off first with my candidate. I'm going to put up Trevor City West's Christian Boivin. He has been out of his mind on defense this year. He's he's helped out on offense, but blocked his seventh punt of the season uh, this past weekend against Petoskey on the very first possession of the game. I ended up putting him down at the one-yard line and setting up West for the early score to take the lead in a 39-0 win. But the most impressive part... Block number seven ties him for the state record for punt blocks in a season, and the guy who he tied with did it in 13 games and had four of them in one game. So the consistency is definitely there for Bois. But I think uh, I think we're looking at a possible state uh, state record holder here if they can get if he can get his hands on one more. So who do you got, Harrison?
1: Uh, I've nominated him before. I'm gonna try again. Brady Hunter and Gaylord St. Mary coming off that very important fourth win on Friday against brethren Hunter. Uh, 208 yards on the ground, four TDs, and uh, four of six of the air, 101 yards passing as part of that win that the Snowbirds desperately needed to be considered for the field. And they are not only in the field, but <laughs> a rare. <laughs> Underdog state title favorite, maybe one of the underdog state title favorites, at least. At least
0: on paper, the biggest sleeper that you will ever see. Yes.
1: So, uh, and Brady's a class act. I know when they had to forfeit a lot of those wins, a lot of us spoke amongst ourselves that like we felt bad for him specifically because of how hard he works in all three sports and just representing the Gaylord Saint Mary community. So, great to see them back in here, and uh, Brady's a big reason why. James, who you got? Uh,
2: Petoskey's Cambry Smith. She won the Division Two. Cross country regional at Benzie Central, the time of 17-32-12, which I believe was tops among all area girls runners in the uh, in regionals. Uh, so regardless of division, regardless of division, and uh, in Petoskey, the uh, girls won that team title as well, uh, pretty handily, outscoring Cadillac 70 to 23.
1: Yeah, and number one ranked going into the D2 finals. Yeah, she beat her uh, closest competition, which was
0: her teammate, by what, 30 seconds? Emma, Emma
2: Squires was 17:55, so yeah. About 30 20, seconds? 23
0: seconds. All right, fellas, you know what time it is. It's time to put it up to a vote. Who wants to go first?
2: I'm voting for Brady because I really want him to get in. Um, I mean, the if you if you tie a state record, I think you got to. So I'm going to go with Christian. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name because I'm not sure we're getting it right. So I'm going to miss Boivin. I'll keep saying <laughs> I'll it until, say somebody, boy, yeah, until somebody corrects me. <laughs> it's yeah, probably let to. us know how it's pronounced. How about that? Anybody that. out there?
0: Yeah, if somebody knows, Boivin, Boivin. I've been doing this for two years, and I've heard it five different ways from twenty different people, so I'm not quite sure either. I just know how it's spelled: B-O-I. Christian B. am gonna give it to Christian as well. I'm sorry, Harrison. I know you want Brady in there, but I've There's been the more I can do. Before. I've been I've been on this train with Traverse City West all year. Exactly, I've, you're biased. I've well, no, I've pers- I've personally seen I think six of his seven punt blocks. They were at Thoroughby Field. I mean, they did have six home games, which helps to do that. But every time it happens, I'm just like.
1: It was Boivin again. It was Christian again. But that would be you if you were at Brady Hunter games six times out of the year. Well. It's fine. I'm Brady, just well,
0: well, no, I know. But that's the thing is, he tied. Brady's still
1: got a lot of time to get in.
0: He tied a state record. Uh, Boivin did. Like I said, one punt block away from net on his own. I think that, what did we say? That was a uh, record made in 2003. So it's one that stood for a while and. The consistency over the year, I'm ready to give it for him. Especially yeah. for a defensive player, we don't get those type of those type of guys into the Hall of Fame very and often. West has
2: what 12s a team yeah. for the year. That is a, a, equally as impressive. The career record for Michigan is nine. So for he, for, for, career, for career, not even a season. Yeah, the career record is nine,
0: and he's only a junior. So we're gonna I'm, I'm we're sure gonna we'll for
1: sure spell is, pronounce his name right next year.
0: <laughs> well, congratulations to Christian Boivin slash Boyvin. You are the latest inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame, which, as you know, is the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan. So, congratulations.
2: Well, in two weeks, maybe we get that Sutton's Bay, St. Mary rematch, and there's Brady Hunter's chance. I'm going to nominate him every
1: week. I'm going to nominate him during New Year's. We're having a great New Year's party.
0: There's always retroactive if he doesn't get in. You know that. I know that. But the Get Around Hall of Fame, sponsored by Jimmy John's, with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's freak, yeah. That's going to lead us into our final segment of episode number 99, and that is our trifecta. There is three of us here, so it is a true trifecta. And before spooky season ends and Halloween is upon us, we want to talk about our favorite Halloween costumes. I could always go first, but I always go first. So I'm putting it on Harrison. What was your best slash favorite Halloween costume?
1: Clear evidence of you always going first. But I I loved, I was a Ninja Turtle for back-to-back years, so obviously that was cool. My mom homemade the costume. Were they two different Ninja Turtles? Yeah. One was Leonardo, one was Donatello, which is funny because as a kid, my favorite was Michelangelo, and as an adult, my favorite is Raphael. So some, my mom must have just gotten her signals mixed up or something. (laughs) Uh, So Ninja Turtles, that was a fun one. I was Batman one year, but one that I could always go back to year after year. Oh, I loved being John Cena this year, by the way, even though half the people didn't know it. John Cena's face is on my T-shirt, and people don't know who he is. But uh, I got this Afro wig. My buddy and I went as disco dancers in elementary school, and I got this wig that I literally used for 20 years. I got it in the mid-'90s. I reused that thing I was like Kanye West one year with an afro. Pretty, like probably could have pulled myself off of his Beyonce if I'd wanted to. Uh, I recycled that thing so much for like the 20 bucks we spent on it. I helped reuse that with other random clothes and attire and stretched that out to just be whatever, just not myself. So that was a good go-to year after year in the utility closet.
0: James, uh, however old you are, you've had to have had a lot of Halloween costumes. What's oh, your yeah.
2: The uh, b- b- one I've worn a lot was uh, going as the dude from The Big Lebowski. Okay. Was that just uh, last year? Uh, I did. I think I did use that one last year. I think I've used it like I don't know three of the last four years or something. I think. Um, you know, previously I've gone as a like Han Solo, and this year's Jim Brockmeyer. One time when I was in college and I didn't have any money, and all I had laying around was like one of those really cheap Halloween makeup kits. You know, that just has like a couple of colors and some fake blood. I just put on a white T-shirt and then I use the black paint that they came with it, and I drew a tire track across the oh, okay. across the shirt, and then I drew another tire track across my face, okay. and then splattered a bunch of blood, and I went as roadkill. Okay. That's creative I mean, enough. People
1: thought he was actually hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> James, all right, we have to get him an ambulance for the party.
0: Man, I've had so many cool Halloween costumes. I, I, I realized this year that all of my Halloween costumes have, not all of them, but the majority of them have, been direct reflections of exactly what I liked when I was a kid or things that like I really enjoyed when I was younger so like it's like a flashback to my childhood I mean I've been Buzz Lightyear I've been this year I was Scooby Doo and with Mystery Inc which was awesome that was one of my childhood dreams, as you said with your disco dancer. I used to have a disco ball and all that stuff with uh, my Scooby-Doo sh- bed sheets and the the wallpaper uh, in my room. I was a big Scooby-Doo Sounds guy. Like a terrifying
1: bedroom. Oh yeah, dude, <laughs> it was
0: awesome. I'd, I'd had the hippie beads in the door. You'd walk in it and be a straight up disco party. But man, I've been like Luigi, Buddy the Elf.
1: You like Luigi more than Mario?
0: I actually liked Waluigi better than all of them. Ooh.
1: Yeah, yeah he was, take.
0: He was my dude. Waluigi was my guy, but uh, Luigi was the closest I could get. I was Heisenberg one year. That was fun. But I think my favorite I think my favorite might have been this past weekend when I was Scooby Doo. There was five of us who all dressed up as Mystery Inc with Fred, Velma, Daphne and Shaggy. I think we typecast pretty well. It all worked it all worked out. Plus people were pet me all night, scratching my head, which like that is just a What he's always wanted. Yeah, that he is likes just attention. Yes, that's <laughs> just a big plus. Just wanted um, to be a dog. Yeah, but we got to uh we got to solve a few mysteries. We found them at the bottom of a bottle, but <laughs> Uh <laughs> were they solved? <laughs> yeah, they were definitely solved. We and haven't
1: solved the mystery of how much we tipped the pizza guy yet. No, I
0: could probably look that up now, but
2: Or who knocked the cheese. It was egg Harrison egg, so who knocked the hand. cheese.
0: I that's not something that that gets erased through my mind. When you mess with my cheese bread, it's stuck.
2: So that might have happened, but definitely didn't say a word to the delivery guy. <laughs> Anyways. I did have one year where I went as a local kind of pseudo celebrity. Uh, there's this one guy that you see at the bars all the time. We call him Disco Stew because we don't know his name. From The Simpsons. Uh, we na- named after that because yeah. this guy, that, you know, and he's he still dresses like probably like he did like 20, 30 years ago, and so that's why we call him that. And uh, but you just see him at the U and I and stuff a lot. Some people, oh yeah, some people might recognize him. I know who you're him. talking about now. Yeah. yeah so I went like as him one year for <laughs> Halloween.
1: He looks like the White Lionel Richie. That's what I describe him as. He's uh, got that mane, that yeah, firm hair. Yeah, yeah, it's it's impressive, yeah. man. It's scary. Yeah. It's impressive. also shout out. I saw at the Lions game there was a a guy who was dressed up as a pencil, and he had a, a Matt oh, Patricia baby. Yeah, his son was. So he that was Matt he was Patricia. the pencil, and his he, son was Matt Patricia. Okay,
0: yeah. that so was pretty great. That yeah, was pretty good. That's, cool. that, that's a that's a good role reversal, uh, for the Detroit Lions fans, but. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to episode number 99. It's almost weird thinking that from here on out, we're going to have to preface these episodes with 100 and something else. But our last episode
1: before... Yeah, we're not going to have like a Y2K thing switching (laughs) switching (laughs) to three numbers, though. I hope not.
0: But remember to come and join us again next week. Uh, for the Get Around episode number 100, our big extravaganza. We're going to have plenty of giveaways. We're going to have multiple interviews with uh, some of the best volleyball players that we have in the area before uh, we dissect um, volleyball playoffs and what's uh, going to be coming up in the coming weeks. But thank you so much for listening to us here, and we will see you for episode number 100.